I'm on right now. I don't believe you. That's not six. One plus two plus two plus one. You really are crazy. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Me? No, come on. Don't be crazy. This is the Don't Be Crazy Movie Podcast, a show for film fans of all shapes, all sizes, all backgrounds, and all tastes. On this show, I enlist the help from my fellow film enthusiasts to discuss what makes certain movies good or bad. We're by no means experts, but instead, we're just some big-time cinema fans who love to talk our butts off. So I'm your host, Zach Rancourt, and I have the pleasure of introducing my friend, John Edmonds. John, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from, what's your background, and when did you get into film? Thank you so much for having me, Zach. Uh, For me, I'm just a film enthusiast. Uh, I'm originally from Oakland, California, and I've been up here in Seattle for going on nine years this uh, Spooktober Halloween day. Ooh, Spooktober. Spooktober. So Uh, spooky. So spooky. Uh, My background is in uh, forensics, so I do that, but I have been into film for as long as I can remember. I remember watching them on those VHS recordings that my parents would do off of HBO or uh, TMC or all that, USA. That's pretty much how I got into film. USA. Damn, is that even around anymore? Very funny. No, oh no, that's TBS's line. (laughs) That's Um, pretty awesome. But yeah, I remember we had all the VHSs and that's pretty much how I got into film. Okay, cool. Did you have a favorite VHS? Uh, dude, my favorite VHS was True Lies. So when you did that the other week, I remember you had to fast forward it and then you had to make sure you could rewind it backwards to make sure you would start it on time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. True Lies on VHS. So I think we had that on VHS. We definitely had Twister on VHS. And that was Uh. Twister, Speed, uh, Austin Powers. Um, I'm thinking of all the movies that came out around that time that we had. But yeah, definitely those Jurassic Park on VHS. Those were good times. That was a classic. The Jurassic Park cover uh, art co- box cover. Yeah, absolutely. I love that movie poster with a passion. And yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm I'm like you. I'm not a film expert by any stretch. Um, I've done some film classes, but I wouldn't ever go on here and say, oh, yeah, I studied this. I just love film and I love watching movies. And I know you do, too. Uh, we, we discussed that quite a bit. So I was like, you know what? For Spooktober, I need to do the new Halloween ends movie. And I said, why don't I just enlist the help of John Edmonds? Because I know that, you know, you, like me, knows that evil dies tonight. We need all of you. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Yeah, I mean, it should have died last year with this whole franchise, but we'll get into that. We are going to (laughs) do Halloween Ends. It's brand new. It just came out on October 14th of 2022. It's available on Peacock. If you have Peacock, that is an NBC company. Uh, And you can also see it in theaters. Now, if you are going to see this, I would recommend seeing it in the cinema. Theaters are the way to go for pretty much every movie. As long as you have a good audience um, and as long as there's not little pipsqueaks sitting next to you taking pictures. Um, But that's probably the best way to go to support your local cinema uh, so that we keep movies in theaters. But uh, with that being said, I watched this at home. It's because of timing constraints. I literally had no time to go watch it anywhere else. But 
try to support the theater. <laughs> okay. So anyways, this film is directed by David Gordon Green, who previously did uh, the 2018 Halloween, uh, Halloween Kills last, uh, last year. He did Pineapple Express and Your Highness. Man, Pineapple Express is so funny. And I, I it's been ages oh. since I've seen it. But that movie, I laughed my butt off. I've got to go back and rewatch that. I feel like I haven't seen it's been long enough to where all the jokes would be fresh again, mm-hmm. just like an Anchorman rewatch. Yeah, totally. And I think it's on on Netflix. And I saw it the other day that it was available on Netflix. And I'm like, man, I need to jump on this because I love Pineapple Express. I thought it was so hilarious. And it's just been it's been forever. Um, So very interesting. David Gordon Green, uh, you know, switching. He works with Dana McBride often, but switching to horror film. uh from comedy it's um it's been done before jordan peele same thing um but uh yeah we'll see what see what happens so the original halloween was based on the characters uh created by john carpenter and deborah hill and paul brad logan wrote the script for halloween ends this movie stars jamie lee curtis the scream queen the the true lies queen just everything she's so fantastic in whatever she does andy matichik james jude courtney rohan campbell Will Patton, Jesse C. Boyd, Michael Barbieri, and Destiny Monet. The critical reception, 50% right down the middle. So it is a 5.0 out of 10 on IMDb. So that is failing. That Perfect means coin toss. It's exactly. It's literally a coin toss. Heads or tails, you choose, right? Make your choice. Live or die. Live or die. Live or die. And then uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's 39% on the tomato meter, which is actually down about two or 3% from the last time I I had this document. So that is uh, that's very, very bad. And then the audience score is at a 57%. So the audience is a little more uh, giving for it, but still it's it's not it's not good. So. Very two camps, two camps of this one where it's either you liked it or you didn't. Yeah. And I think the people that maybe gave it a higher audience score um, really, really wanted it to be good. And I think they're kind of digging their heels in and, and standing their ground with their previous opinions. But, you know, uh, that's totally fine. I'm not going to tell them they're wrong for liking it. So this movie's budget was about $20 million estimated. And uh, wow. this weekend it grossed uh, 40, 40 million, about 40 million. Okay. Um, that was in U.S. and Canada. Uh, I don't know why this says gross U.S. and Canada. So up till today, the gross in U.S. and Canada is 45 million and then worldwide 64 million. So it is successful to an extent. But I mean, that makes sense. It's a horror film that came out in October. It's 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 ripe for the picking. It's Halloween. People it's, are going to go ha- see Halloween. Halloween. You got to see Halloween in the Halloween time. So cool. Well, here are some fun trivia facts for everybody. Nick Castle has a non-Michael Myers cameo for the first time in this trilogy as a party goer who flashes his costume at Corey and says, see anything you like? This is a nod to the iconic line said by Linda in Halloween. So Nick Castle actually played the shape in the original Halloween, the 1978 version. Uh, he's very famous for that. He was a stuntman and he just played Michael Myers and he kind of like has made his living off of that. It's pretty awesome. And then Linda, when she uh, she gets naked, PJ Souls, she shows her boobs and says, see anything you like. That's the famous line from it. Um, so, yeah, that I was did not. Ca- I did not catch that. Oh, yeah, I did. As soon as he said it, I was like, oh, OK, I get it. You're fan servicing all the not- way. I did not catch that one from Nick Castle. Well, you'll have to watch it a third time. I'll have to, I'll have to go back a, a third time and such check a it out. Great uh, fan of this movie. Oh, I love this movie. Number one. Yeah, there you go. 
Uh, Halloween Ends uses the blue font used in Halloween 3 Season of the Witch for its opening credits. Halloween Ends was released 40 years after Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. And that is actually interesting because I wondered why they had blue font. It was very odd. I was wondering that too, especially since I went back and rewatched uh, Halloween and Halloween Kills. And then I was wondering why this one wasn't blue font. So that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I dig that. I, I, I like that little tidbit. That's a cool little tidbit. A little tidbit. In December 2021, it was revealed that Kyle Richards would be reprising her role for the film. Initially, the character was not expected to return for the film, but following the positive reception to Richards' performance, the script was rewritten to give her an expanded role. She really feel I felt like she was phoning it in, but yeah, yeah I, I, you could have taken uh, taken her out, and you wouldn't have lost anything. Yeah, I completely agree. It was uh, it wasn't the best. Was she was she only in it for like five ten minutes? Um, yeah, she did the tarot cards, and then she was a bartender, and and that was it. It didn't really serve a purpose, and I get it, but it's like the fan service is kind of ridiculous at times. So, eh. well, because you did the fan service last movie. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much the whole thing: the Lonnie, and then the nurse, and then her, and I, I and don't, Tommy, Tommy, yeah, Tommy Jarvis, Jesus. I don't even want to get started on that. Oh, well, here we go. Here's another fun thing. At the end of Halloween Kills, Laurie Strode suggested that Michael Myers has some supernatural qualities in that he seems to thrive on the fear of, of the people and become stronger with every kill. This seems to be confirmed in this movie. When Corey finds Michael, he seems substantially weakened, but after he brings him off Officer Doug to kill, Michael becomes noticeably more energetic and powerful. Ugh, so stupid. <sighs> yeah, I don't want to. I hope I'm not raining on your parade because if you did think that's that was cool, like by all means, you can no, defend those. No, and like I no. won't ever shoot you down for it. There is no rain on this parade right now. I'm I'm right there next to you, hand in hand. Perfect. Okay, well here's a synopsis for Halloween Kills. If you Oh, shit. I said Halloween Kills for Halloween Ends. If you want to watch Halloween Ends, I implore you to. But uh, skip ahead maybe three and a half minutes. And um, here we go. So in 2019, Corey Cunningham is babysitting a young boy named Jeremy, who pulls a prank by locking him inside the attic. Just as Jeremy's parents come home, Corey kicks the door open and accidentally knocks Jeremy off the balcony to his death. Corey is accused of intentionally killing Jeremy, but it's cleared with, with manslaughter. Three years later, the town of Haddonfield, Illinois, is still reeling from the aftermath of the Michael Myers' latest killing spree, while Michael has vanished. Laurie Strode is writing a memoir, having bought a new house and living with Allison, her granddaughter, since Allison's mother and Laurie's daughter, Karen, was slaughtered by Michael. The town has turned on Laurie, blaming her for Michael's rampage and accusing her of encouraging him. Meanwhile, Corey is now working at his uncle's salvage yard, still hated by the suspicious town. On his way home one day, he is taunted by high school bullies and injures himself in the process. While observing, Laurie later brings him to the doctor's office where Allison works. The two begin developing a relationship and attend a Halloween party, but Corey is confronted by Jeremy's mother, leaves the party, and is confronted by the high schoolers. Corey is thrown off a bridge and then dragged into the sewers by an unknown figure. He wakes up in the sewers and is confronted by Michael, who has been living in the sewers for the past four years. After holding him by the throat, Michael elects to let Corey go. On the way out of the sewers, Corey is confronted by a homeless man with a knife. In a struggle, Corey stabs the man. Once he realizes what has happened, he continues stabbing the man before discarding the knife and fleeing. 
Corey and Allison make up and go on a dinner date, but Allison's ex, who is a police officer, shows up and harasses them both. This leads Corey to later lure the cop into the sewers where Michael kills him. Allison finds out she was passed over for a promotion in favor of a fellow nurse who is having an affair with the doctor. Corey and Michael team up and murder the doctor and nurse at the doctor's home. Allison and Corey plan to leave Haddonfield because of the past trauma and have an unpleasant encounter with a radio DJ who insults both of them. Corey goes home where his mother is cruel to him and slaps him. So he leaves and sleeps in the house where Jeremy died. Meanwhile, Lori has become increasingly suspicious of Corey after she, after he begins mimicking Michael's behaviors and hunts him down at Jeremy's house, where she forbids him to leave with Allison. Corey retorts by blaming her for the events that have occurred in Haddonfield and says he cannot have if he cannot have Allison, no one will. On Halloween day, Corey returns to the sewers and successfully fights Michael for his mask. Meanwhile, Lori and Allison argue as she plans to leave, and Allison, too, blames Lori for Michael's actions. That night, Corey embarks on a rampage, murdering the high schoolers at the salvage yard. In the confusion, Corey's uncle is also accidentally killed. He then goes to his mother, as well as the DJ and receptionist at the radio station. Back at the Strode house, Lori Foe attempts suicide to lure Corey to her, whom she shoots down the stairs. Corey then stabs himself in the neck to a frame Lori or to frame Lori for his death in front of the arriving Allison. Michael suddenly arrives to retrieve his mask and kills Corey by breaking his neck. And after a struggle, Lori is able to pin Michael to the table with a knife in both hands. She then removes his mask and slits his throat. As Michael is dying, he rips a hand free and tries to strangle Lori, but Allison shows up and breaks his arm. Lori then slices open Michael's arms as he dies. Michael, With Michael finally dead, Lori takes his body to the salvage yard, attracting the residents of Haddonfield, who follow in her procession. She dumps his body into an industrial shredder at Corey's uncle's scrapyard in the ensuing... Oh, scrapyard, period. In the ensuing days, Allison and Lori reconcile. Allison leaves Haddonfield after discovering the truth about Corey, while Lori finishes her memoir and rediscovers her romance with Officer Hawkins. Whew! Okay, that was Halloween Ends. So, John, what is your experience with the other Halloween films? Do you have any that stand out or perhaps maybe some great kills or moments from them? So I've seen almost all, I think, actually, I do believe I've seen all of the Halloween uh, movies in the Halloween franchise. I think Halloween Resurrection, I've probably blacked out just because it's so great. Um the ones that stands out besides obviously the original one, I definitely think is just the 2018 requel and then the Rob Zombie re- uh, remakes or reboots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the Rob Zombie reboots. Yeah. Uh, I know I know they got a lot of flack, but I just found Michael so menacing. And they used uh, the WWE wrestler. Um, uh, he played Michael. Tyler Maine? It'll Yeah, Tyler Maine, who was just a mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as for the 2018 one, I just felt that that one held all the tension and had all of the long shots, especially that one, that oneer that's like two and a half minutes long mm-hmm. as Michael kills his way across the, the neighborhood in Haddonfield. Mm. Um, and I also just liked how the Rob Zombie one took a different approach and showed us a Michael Myers that is just silent and just is has this presence. Um, as far as for great kills, I mean, your original killing of Bob in the 1978 one just will always stand out. Uh, I felt that one got referenced in this one. And looking back at all the subsequent films, I feel almost once a movie, they did the same exact kill. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, and there were some good kills in this one in Halloween Ends. Um, the the real kill that stands out to me is in Halloween 2018 when Michael just stomps on a oh, Doctor yeah. Sartain's. Yeah, when he just stomps on his head like a pumpkin, that, and it just like that. Oof, so gross. <laughs> oh. What about you? What what are your favorite ones? Well, I mean, so those those are all yeah. In in I think the first Halloween. Okay, hold on. So this is a weird history. So like Halloween nineteen seventy eight is the original Halloween, the end all be all. But then the damn you know sequel to it is two thousand eighteen, and and it's titled Halloween, but it's really the second one. So the two thousand eighteen one, um, yeah, that kill was was brutal, and I really enjoyed the two thousand eighteen one. I thought it was creepy. I thought they did a good job of making Michael, uh, you know, have some sort of motivation where he's this mindless killer that just goes back to the place that it all started because the original one was about that. He just, he returns home. Right. And then he just murders some people in the way because he does, that's what he knows. And so 2018 did a really good job of playing on that. Um, So I think, yeah, that stomping one was pretty incredible. Um, It always scares me when she's, you know, taking a poop in the bathroom and he drops the teeth uh, on the oh, ground. Oh yeah. I How they just, they just Yeah. And they're all bloody because he got them from the, the mechanic right outside. Yeah. That was really gross. I, I, I don't like that part, but, but they did a good job of making it so grimy and disgusting. You know what I mean? So yeah, there were some good, there were, those were really good moments. Um, a lot of iconic kills. I mean, I've seen, uh, all of them. I don't remember anything about three through six though. Uh, like the curse of Michael Myers and the return of Michael Myers. I don't remember any of those uh, just bits and pieces, but I used to love Halloween H2O and uh, it's, 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 I mean, it's still a a banger Um, resurrection with a young, a young Josh Hartnett and a very young LL Cool J. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like LL Cool J has a clause in his movie contract to never die. Like in deep blue. Exactly. (laughs) Just like deep blue sea. Exactly. His, his hat is like a shark's fin. His hat is like a shark's fin. Boy. Yeah, it's I, I I know that they're on Shutter, so I've I'm gonna watch uh three four or I'm sorry I'm gonna watch four five and six uh, just because I want to rewatch them. Season of the Witch is not very good. Um, it has a cult, no. cult following that some people really latched onto, which is fine. I'll never be upset with that. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I, the the first one is pretty tops for me. It's it's hard to beat it just because of what it did for film and just how creepy Michael is in that movie where. You see him standing outside of a bush. You walk 10 feet, you turn around again and he's gone. Uh, that kind of stuff is 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 always something that's creepy to me and, and why Michael Myers has always been such a iconic and scary horror film villain. Oh, exactly. I remember just that the shots of him just standing with that menacing presence and you just don't know what he's thinking or what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty crazy stuff. And. The Rob Zombie ones were were good. Um, the second one was pretty off the rails, but I really did like how brutal the first one was. Like when they show young Michael kill that bully, uh, that was hard to watch with like a stick. I was not a fan of that. And I think that's the same bully from Jumanji, if I'm not mistaken. I think that kid is the young, it's the young Robin Williams before he gets sucked into the board game. Oh, no, that's, um, no, 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 I, that's Halloween H2O. Yeah. that's Halloween yeah. H2O you're correct yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm mixing them yeah. up but the Rob Zombie one you know Rob Zombie is not the best director um, he does a lot of interesting choices with his with his work um, I, I dig it if, if you're a fan of his then then hell yeah but 
I'm not a huge Rob Zombie fan. He always puts his wife in the movies, which is fine, but she's not a good actor. So no, she's definitely not. I just found it to be a different take. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree with you. The Halloween two from Rob Zombie's one definitely it it jumped the shark and jumped the rails completely. But I definitely found that his Halloween start over his kind of reset was just an interesting good take. I mean, obviously you have um, Malcolm McDonald playing the mm-hmm. the now Loomis, mm-hmm. uh, who he's amazing just to hear speak in and of itself. But, you know, it's one of those films that you, it's going to be like a goldfish memory. You're going to forget that you saw it a few months later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I really did enjoy him, yeah, uh, Malcolm as Dr. Loomis. He, he did a good job. Um, you know, I always remember him from uh, A Clockwork Orange. And so it's it's fun to see him in yeah. other roles too. But um, yeah, so I was discussing the, the different films and, and, and their history and it is very weird. And so basically what retcon is, and do you know what retcon is, John? Yes, oh, I do. Well, for, for anybody who doesn't, retcon is defined as a piece of new information that imposes a different interpretation on previously described events, typically used to facilitate a dramatic plot shift or account for an inconsistency. So the 2018 Halloween, uh, it was named after the 1978 original, which was a sequel that took place 40 years after said original, wiping out the seven films in between that time span. So they really were like, screw those seven movies. We're going to just do our own thing. Delete. And that's not it either. We talked about it. Rob Zombie tried to remake the franchise in 2007 and 2009 with his twisted take on the Michael Myers legacy with his films Halloween and Halloween 2. And woof. I mean, that's a lot of information. So ultimately, why do you think these movies needed to be made? These 2018, 2021, and 2022 Halloweens. Why did they need to be made? Or should evil have died years ago? Woof. That is a lot. But, oh, also we were wrong. It was Malcolm McDowell. I said McDonald. Um, uh, Malcolm McDonald is uh, from uh, the Doobie Brothers, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, wait, that's not. <laughs> that's what I was like. I, ha- <laughs> I think, you know what? I was glad that, I mean, I, you, like you said before, is that Halloween 1978 is just a perfect film uh, and what it did for the whole horror franchise. And I was excited for... 2018 Halloween because they had kept promoting it as this return to just the basics, uh, which it very much was. It felt like a very good cohesive sequel. It kind of felt like your Top Gun Maverick sequel. Mm-hmm. It felt like it belonged in the universe. It you know it had been enough time since '78. Uh, I have nothing wrong with like I mean Season of the Witch. Yeah, you're right. I agree. I mean it's not my cup of tea, but if those like it, sure go for it. Um, but I felt that I, I was happy that these were remade. I don't quite care for the order. Um, I thought that Halloween, Halloween kills and Halloween ends. It might have maybe should have been uh, flipped, in my opinion, for the trilogy. Hmm. I thought that maybe so that, that that's my that, when I came out after the second watching of it, I felt that it Halloween ends should have been set 40 years after to where, you know, how Michael gets his groove back sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he's been in hiding. Uh, I mean, he can hide in a sewer. I really don't care. He can hide in an Airbnb for all I know. <laughs> um, and then he 
gets his groove back, starts killing again. Halloween Kills plays out the exact same way. And then Halloween is where um, is Laura Stro- Laurie Strode has been. She has been preparing. She is ready for yeah. him. Where w- with this one, I just... In, in the voiceover, it's, you know, she, she gets rid of everything. She goes and buys a house and she's not afraid anymore. And it it, it just didn't feel like the Laurie Strode that we knew where uh, in Halloween, where it's like she has been training with guns and she has traps made and she has cameras ready and she is ready. I, I, I think and, you're absolutely right with yeah. that, though, too. I, I, I think that flipping that makes a lot more sense because you're right. It's like 40 years has gone by and it's how, how Stella got his groove back sort of thing. Um, or how Michael got his groove back. And you need a training montage of how he gets his kill- or Sorry, how Michael gets his kills yeah, back. There you go. Uh, skills that kills. And, skills and that kills. then you do the stupid John Wick style uh, Halloween kills where he's just murdering 100 people. And then, yeah, you're right. Then he meets his, his final boss, that is Laurie Strode. So that would have actually been really interesting. And... And actually, I'm wondering if maybe like David Gordon Green wanted it to be that way. Um, I doubt it, but but I, I think you're you're spot on. That makes a lot of sense that I didn't even think about. I think I would have enjoyed the trilogy much more as a whole if it had been maybe flipped. Where and and I see what you know, and and when requels get made, requel you know, uh, like when you when you retcon something, I totally get it, and I sometimes think that. Um, you know, it's good to have a different perspective. You know, 2018 uh, kills and ends were just a different perspective on the IP. Mm-hmm. So, it, and it's great to see a different take on a property. I mean, like we said, Rob Zombie tried and they tried an H2O and I liked H2O. Um, and sometimes they're great and sometimes they flop, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast. But um, evil definitely could have died after 2018. <laughs> and I would have felt that that would have been a very climactic uh conclusion to uh halloween 78 yeah and and you know the first one was so brilliant because it was only supposed to be one movie and mustafa cod was like i want to make more money and so he, he <laughs> made halloween 2 which was not good i mean there's a lot of there are a lot of issues um it's not terrible but there's some cool kills and whatever but it just feels you know it pales in comparison to the first one and it just feels redundant basically it's pretty much the same thing except in a hospital and so I don't think it needed to be done, but I get it. And, and this, this feels, these felt like cash, cash grabs. Um, I think if you would have just stuck with the first one and ended it that way, that's a great fitting send off where Lori gets her redemption. She trained her daughter and then her, her granddaughter, they're all prepared. They're all ready to fight. And, you know, they seal the deal by trapping Michael and burning him. The, deus ex machina of oh he just hid in the gun safe sort of thing for the following kills was so stupid but also that the firefighters just rush out there to this house to go put it out i mean let it burn how did how did they not know i mean i guess they probably don't know he's down there but it's it's also very it just seemed out of place um i didn't like how they brought him back either so i ultimately do not think this should have been a trilogy if anything, you should have just done a 2018 and that's it. The first one, the, the best part about the first one is the fact that, okay, you shoot the boogeyman six times and he falls over the ledge and you're like, damn, uh, he's dead. But then he, you go and look out on the lawn and he's gone and that's how it ends. And you're like, holy shit, evil doesn't die sort of thing. 
Um, exactly. Like that, and, and that's what I've always liked about Myers. And that's what I liked the 2018 one. It was just this big coming back to it. Oh, and it, yeah. And you, it, you're right. It didn't need to be a trilogy. It didn't need to be. It was a big cash grab. Yeah. And it's that metaphorical, you know, it's that metaphorical uh, Michael Myers, evil, evil doesn't die sort of thing. It's not him actually, hey, he, as a man, he doesn't need to die. He's supernatural. It's like, no, 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 no. It's the, the whole idea that you can try to run as much as you can, but evil's going to catch up, which is scary. Evil going yeah. So speaking of horror remakes, reboots, and requels, um, do you have any favorites? I will say, so as far as like horror remakes, uh, I very much enjoyed uh, the Sam Raimi remake of Evil yeah. Dead. Uh, that one stands out to me. And actually, I just recently watched it because, you know, it's Spooktober and you've got to watch it. Um, as well as Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh I just remember that one because I remember sneaking into a movie theater uh, to go see that with a bunch of my uh, high school friends because none of us were 18 yet. Um, And we bought a ticket for whatever was in the theater also. And then we just ran across. Um, I just remember that whole opening scene of uh, his Dawn of the Dead. And I enjoyed that one a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as I mean, also, I just got to like Halloween 2018. It's just it pays a more homage to the original and still adds so much more depth to the legacy characters. Yeah, those are those are great choices too. You're absolutely right. I mean, I I have on there too um the Evil Dead remake, uh It. The It remake was was fantastic. Uh, um uh, yeah, Scream is obviously one that we both love. Um uh, Yep, Scream 5. <laughs> Scream 5. I would say Scream as a whole God. that series um, Scream Five is not good, but but Scream Four is great, and and I think it was. I really enjoyed Scream Four, and they just were able to capitalize and stuff. Scream Three actually wasn't even that bad, and a lot of people hated it. But a lot of people hated Scream Three, and I actually very much enjoyed, enjoyed mm-hmm. Scream Three. Exactly, uh, the Invisible Man with with Elizabeth Moss. I thought that was really good, and then uh, the Friday the Thirteenth from I think two thousand nine uh, by Marcus Nispel. Yes, that was that was awesome. I really enjoyed the hell out of that. And then, of course, like my, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Thing. The Thing is actually a remake from like the fifties, and uh, the, the Thing eighty two came out in eighty two, and that one is is incredible. But the thing about remakes is typically I'm not a fan of them for any other genre other than horror, and the reason why is because horror has the ability to add a darker visceral in your face uh you know reactionary style to it to where you're like holy crap and and it can really scare the hell out of you um using effective jump scares using fun camera techniques and you know newer technology you can really make a horror film from back in the 60s or 70s super scary nowadays with updated tech now you have to be careful because you can't overdo it you you shouldn't be you know, CGI and everything left and right. But, but I think nowadays is when you can really get into uh, the meat of the, the horror remakes and reboots. See, and that reminds me like using CGI too much. That reminds me totally of the thing 2011, <laughs> yeah. the, the thing prequel. I mean, I, I, I know I've seen, I think you, you and I've discussed at length about the, they, the studio was using practical effects until somebody, spoke up and said, it'd be cheaper to do CGI. And then they gutted it and did all the 
garbage CGI that was the thing prequel. Stupid. <laughs> even though, like that movie, even though you knew, you know, you knew shot for shot what needed mm-hmm. to happen, it still was like, ah, you guys missed the mark on this one. You swung in a big miss on this one. Yeah, that one was. I, I applaud what they were trying to do, but yes, the CGI was not good. And overall, that movie was. It was. Good bad it was bad overall and then it has the guy from not another teen movie i mean it has joel edgerton yeah. uh mary elizabeth uh, Winstead, eric eric, uh, eric eric christian olsen all i can see him from is all i can see him from is from beer fest and then also not another teen movie he played young um lloyd christmas in the dumb and yes. dumber movie uh that movie pretty terrible <laughs> oh man yeah so Jeez. Well, um, so Halloween, it's its no stranger to some pretty shocking openings. The OG Halloween has one of the most iconic in horror history with uh, a hand that walks up, grabs a knife, goes and stabs his sister. And then surprise, surprise, shock and awe. It is a eight year old, seven year old boy who just killed her. It's like, holy crap. And I'll admit that in Halloween ends, I was quite shocked watching that kid fall. I was not expecting Jeremy to die. How did you feel about that opening? I was the exact same way. I did not. I was not expecting the kit. The way that the shot was where it was anger, kick, hits Jeremy. Jeremy falls. Jeremy dead. Parents run in. I was like, holy shit. What just happened? Because it was kind of a slow build up. And I didn't know if there was going to be a Michael. I mean, they kind of teased you where there was some figure he saw in the shadows when he was up in the attic. Yeah, Uh, I noticed that, too. That was odd. But I was like, I was like, okay, maybe Michael's been hiding up here. Um, but then, yeah, that that was definitely. I, I was taken aback by that, not expecting to kill the kid. Even though Halloween doesn't stray away from killing kids. I mean, Michael killed uh, that kid in Halloween 2018 when he uh, broke his neck in the car. Yeah, um, that was dark. Uh, so so Halloween, not afraid to kill some kids. No, uh, yeah, it's crazy. But I did feel that. I did feel the opening grabbed you in. Uh, my only, my only, uh, you know, comment would be is that it would have had way more weight if we had maybe seen Corey, maybe in a cameo back in 2018 or Halloween uh, and our kills. Mm-hmm. It just would have, because here was a new kid that you never saw. It would have been maybe crazy if you saw that house or maybe even if you'd see, yeah, seen the exterior of the house, seen a figure walking in to go babysit. That would have just been like, oh, this is a different story of what happened this night. Yeah, and it definitely was an interesting choice because taking it in that direction, I was like, wait a minute, what are we, when When does Michael come? Is Michael going to kill this person randomly? Um, but it was a, it was a decent setup. I, I, I applaud them for doing something different. Um, it just was... Uh, it just missed the mark. I, exactly. They, they wanted to do something different, like kind of like a, a Jason 5, mm-hmm. when everyone else becomes the killer as Jason's presence passes along. Jason five. Oh yeah. Um, uh, with like the sludge or like when he, when the corner bites him to the heart. Oh, uh, Jason goes to hell. Um, Jason goes to hell. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. Where everyone else is becoming the, is becoming the killer. Yeah. The fifth Jason is kind of, the fifth Jason is a copycat. He basically assumes the role of, of Jason Voorhees. Tommy Jarvis is at a, uh, mental institution basically. And, um, it's like a camp and one of the kids dies. Um, ambulance comes and picks him up. And then all of a sudden, you know, this Jason Voorhees type character starts killing off all the other 
campers at this mental institution. And Tommy thinks he's going crazy. He's like, oh my God, he's back, but we killed him. Uh, it turns out, surprise, surprise, shocker, that it is the ambulance driver because he was the dad of one of the kids that got killed there or something like that. So it was, yeah. it, it's pretty terrible. Uh, yeah, Friday the 13th Part 5 is pretty terrible. It's called like a, a new beginning, um, I think. And yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, but uh, Jason Goes to Hell is, yeah, you're right. So there, he's like barely in it. He's in it for the first, I think, 10 minutes and then they completely shift. And that's a good comparison for Halloween Ends where you're like, where's Michael Myers? Yeah, you're like, this is a Halloween movie. Where's Michael? Yeah. Michael? 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 Yeah. Other movies that I can remember that have amazing openings, I would say Scream, uh, Jaws, oh, yep. Midsummer, uh, Dawn of the Dead, uh, Final Destination 2, that highway scene, which I can like never drive behind a semi-truck with logs never. anymore. Nope. Yeah. Nope. And then The Last of Us uh, video game, if anyone has ever played that. It's very, very good. You know, I've never played that one, but I know I, I've just I've heard the critical, um, you know, the critical reception oh, yeah. of it. And and I know they're making a TV show on it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be on HBO. So pretty excited about that. But yeah, it was definitely a shocking opening. And I, I get what they were what they were doing. But, you know, I, I don't know if it was as effective for me as it probably could have been. So this movie is benchmarked by bold moves and ideas. We were just talking about that. And one of the biggest was not bringing in Michael Myers until 45 minutes into the movie. It's actually like 41, but still. It was 41. I tie- I wrote it down in my notes. I have 41 minutes. Finally see Michael. Yeah, it's really weird for a movie that halfway through he's not even in. Um, and I can understand. There can be two schools of thought on how to approach uh, how to approach this since Halloween is about Michael Myers. Um, you could say, hey, we're doing something different, or you could say, we're bringing Michael Myers back to slaughter people and it's gonna be fantastic. But f- how did it work for you, John? Was it appropriate with the direction the film went or did you wanna see Michael Myers way earlier? Oh, uh, it it did not work for me. I, I watched this movie blind without seeing a single trailer. Uh, and I expected this to be com- a complete, you know, Strode v. Myers titular fight to the death. Uh, like I see what uh, DGG was doing uh, with this, with the whole, you know, uh, uh, the J- sort of like a, a copycat, or you know, maybe a passing down the teaching, um, t- teaching a protege. However, I just felt robbed of like a big movie with this long drawn out battle. I I felt at no time there was just no tension. Um, uh, Corey, I will say, I guess when you get choked out by Michael Myers for a little bit, you don't need your glasses anymore that Corey had in the very beginning. Cause pretty much after that, he never had them he, or his prescription's pretty small. Yeah. Well, the kids stepped on it. Remember the band kids? Yeah. Yeah. And hey. yeah. So I think that they, I think that that's probably why he didn't have them, but yeah, I mean, also it was, it's, it probably signified like, Hey, he's a, he's a different guy now. He, he turned, he's not this nerdy guy. It's like when the, when the, the ugly girl takes off her glasses and now she's beautiful. Oh, and now she's hot and beautiful. So stupid. I I will say, like, I, I, I was talking with you about this because I know you had seen the trailer for this one. And so what I did is I went back and I watched the trailer after. And, the you know, the movie that was advertised was definitely not this one. This is, you know, Michael Jr. starting to kill. And I definitely wanted it to be a final battle between Strode and Myers. 
And we just, you know, we got that for what? The final 12 minutes? Yeah. And it was a good ending. I mean, I, I well. Oh, the ending was great. The, the fight. Uh, okay. The fight. The, yeah, the penultimate ending. Yes, absolutely. The, the, the fight was was very good. I have nothing wrong about that. That was, uh, that got me when, when he, when he rips the hand out from under the knife. Yeah. And then he tries to choke her with the, you know, kind of like the split hand. Oh, that was gross. Yeah, it gross. I, I I agree. I think that that was that was awesome. Um, my big issue, yeah, like they couldn't pick a lane for what they wanted to do, and there were a lot of ideas in this that I, I applaud them, you know, DGG going for, but he didn't really stick with it, and there wasn't enough buildup for it to be the Jedi Master training, you know, young Anakin, and then Anakin turns on him, and I think that's kind of what they were trying to to take, but seeing Michael as like Pennywise, basically pulling bodies in and just acting old and weird is, is odd. It, it didn't work. It's not my Michael. Yeah. And, and I, I like, I like different ideas from horror films because I like when people can get creative, but this wasn't my Michael. Um, I don't like using an IP like Halloween and iconic characters like Michael Myers and doing this by taking these giant risks. I want you to take risks, but not something like this. It was just done so lazily and I they were going for that shock and awe. And you either go all the way in or you don't um, because exactly it, it was weird. Like, give us more intrigue, right? Like we don't maybe maybe we don't know why Corey is or we don't know how or if Corey is killing people until the end. Maybe the entire time he thinks he's crazy and he, he ends up with blood on his hands and he's like, what is going on? But then it turns out, oh shit, he actually is killing people. Or, you know, he's like, I'm being set up or I don't know what's going on. Michael must be back, but really Michael's dead and Corey's the one killing him. I, I could understand that and that would be kind of cool, but... That would have been an interesting take. I would have liked that take more. Yeah. Is Or maybe he finds Michael um, maybe just... Uh, critically wounded in the sewer and then he takes up the Myers mantle. Mm -hmm. That would have been a much more interesting film. Yeah, because then you still get a Laurie Strode battle, but it it, it kind of just changes the dynamic a little bit. And maybe the idea that let's say Corey was Michael, they had a big fight, Laurie kills him, unmasks him, and is like, holy shit, it's Corey. That's a big reveal to us. But then it's always the Michael might still be out there sort of thing. Exactly. And I know you want to do ends, but you 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 leave it at that. It's 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 Go along with that, that idea from the first film where evil doesn't really die necessarily. Uh, it's just it's the boogeyman is a, is a thing and Michael's still going to be out there. But don't make any follow up movies to this. Just leave it as it is. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I just I I felt that also this film just, you know, they talked about, you know, DGG and McBride had talked about. They, they wanted to go back to basics. They wanted to wipe the slate clean and just get rid of all the seven films prior. But then they just start cherry picking from every other <laughs> yeah. sequel for each movie on this one. Aside, I mean, aside from the Corey angle, nothing was original there. Mm -hmm. I mean, Michael living in the sewers, if I'm not mistaken, is sort of from uh, Halloween 5. Mm -hmm. uh, they did that supernatural shit um, <sighs> similar to Thorn from Halloween 5 and yep. 6. Yeah. Um, Lori V. Michael is just straight up H2O, which I have nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see an older Jamie Lee Curtis versus a, in this universe, very old Michael. Mm -hmm. um, but just super disappointed. I, you know, I, yeah, I just felt like 
Oh, and, and and the band member bullies. Can we talk about the band member bullies? <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been dying to talk to you about the band member Pepe Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia. Yeah. Oh. Go ahead. Spit it. Oh, the you mean your ninth first off, they're band bullies? Yeah. Who who was like, you know, I've got these great antagonists. All right, listen here, Danny. We're gonna do these great antagonists. They're gonna be band kids. And the leader, he's this kid. And how does he talk? Like 1980s Brooklyn. Yeah, in the, Haddonfield. His <laughs> accent in Haddonfield, Illinois. He's just, I'm walking hey. here. The way he, hey, the way I'm going to go get me a cannoli and go over to Jersey. I, none of it made sense. Ugh. That, that was and, an and interesting also, choice. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, go ahead. That was just because it was a very no, interesting no. choice of those band members. I, I, I kind of stopped caring at that point. I'm like, are you kidding me? What 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 are you? Why don't you just make a typical bully? Why does it have to be the band members? What are you trying to say here? Yeah, it, it, it was just there's left field, and then there's just in the parking lot of the baseball f- uh, field, and that's where these bullies were. It's like, why did they? Why couldn't you just go with your cliche bullies? And, and why the accent? Because nobody else had an accent. Yeah. And that one, the drummer kid who got the drumstick to the eye, I couldn't stand his haircut. I hated it. Oh my. It, it felt very much like the the female actress from Chappie. Yeah, yeah. she's like a she's an um, artist. I, I forgot her name, but yeah, it definitely felt like that. And and another thing that uh, uh, another thing was that uh, the the death of Judy Greer's character mm-hmm. had no weight at mm-hmm. all. Uh, whatsoever, they didn't even go back to it, and that's that's the thing. Like they just showed a photo, yeah, and. That's the thing that really kind of bugged me. It's like, okay, kills her, and then we just move on. I'm like, what? It, it was yeah. what kind of cliffhanger ending was that? I I didn't I didn't get it. I mean, if you really wanted to do that, why not start this movie out with her dying? Because I feel like that would probably have a little more weight than just killing her off and being like, oh, okay, yeah, well, we're moving on now. Yeah. Oh, anyways, it's like that Jeremy Clarkson meme. Oh no. Oh, anyway. No. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it, it's like that, it, if you had done a reverse trilogy, if you had killed Judy Greer at the end of Kills, and then it steps, it, then it sets up a a pissed off Jamie Lee mm-hmm. Curtis that just wants to kill Michael. Mm-hmm. That would have had some weight to it. But I mean, besides Allison making just a couple comments of like, oh, mom, it's you would have never known that Judy Greer, if you'd never seen Halloween Kills, you would not have known yeah. that she was brutally murdered in the cliffhanger. Yeah. Reverse trilogy. I dig it. I like what you're saying. Uh, what type of Michael Myers do you want? Do you want the supernatural or do you want the normal crazy stalker serial killer man? I kind of like the normal crazy one because it just fits into the Halloween 78, you know, mold. Mm-hmm. Just he's he's this just this presence. What about you? What do you what do so you like? I agree with you, but I want to I want to play devil's advocate and, and play with the supernatural okay. idea just for a bit, because I think the idea of the boogeyman is is pretty smart um where it's like what the hell what do we need to do to kill this guy uh, jason Voorhees style freddy krueger style i know that those are both supernatural beings but sometimes the like so for jason the normal jason didn't really work as well for me however i think like friday the 13th part three and four are my favorites and he is a normal man in those he's just kind of weird. Like you can hear him grunt. You can hear him when he gets hit by a machete. He's like, Oh, so I, there's weight to it. There's yeah. a ton of weight to it. And and so that's why the first one works really well. Um, and with Halloween 2018, same kind of thing. It's like, he's an old man who's just been 
prepping for this the entire time. Halloween kills is when it just goes. He takes like, I don't know, super soldier serum for some reason, and he's unstoppable. Um, but then in Halloween ends, it's like he ran out of that serum and now he's just a disheveled, beaten old man. So they really kind of toyed around with him too much in this in this series. And I wasn't a huge fan of it. But the supernatural can be kind of cool because he's that that scary what the hell? Why won't he ever die? Sort of mentality. Yeah. Why won't you as die? Long as, you're, as long as you do it in a in a decent way and don't make it like ludicrous, like in Halloween Kills, where he literally kills like everybody everywhere, and it's 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 pretty crazy. Stuff. After after they've beaten him with bats, yeah. shot him, stabbed him through the neck, and then he just gets up like it's nothing, and then proceeds to kill all of yeah, them. Yeah, it's um very weird. I don't like that because. You're absolutely right. The, the the whole mob thing when, you know, they have a gun, just shoot him a bunch of times because he's 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 a man in, in this, apparently. And he's not apparently. So I don't know. I'm more of the crazy man. Michael Myers, not the supernatural, but I can see why some people could like it. So I do want to talk about trauma because I think it's a central theme in Halloween ends. The town of Haddonfield as a whole is just really trying to live their normal lives, but they can't seem to escape the residual effects that are Michael Myers from all the killings and and just the residual everything. So it's best exemplified in Josh. The trauma, if left unchecked, can create an evil in a new shape. Can you, so John, my question for you is, can you ever escape your past? Or are we destined to be stuck with past incidents or mistakes or things that might define us i think you can definitely escape your past i I like to believe that through you know you can work you can persevere you can definitely escape your past you have to you know sort of quote honor your past and recognize where you came from and your roots but you can definitely move forward in a positive you know or negative sort of um uh, step but i definitely think that you can seek help for trauma get help and work on it. But I definitely, you know, in regards to the film, it's just a town that is crippled mm-hmm. by this trauma. It, it, it is literally what defines them, kind of like, you know, relating it to Stephen King with the town of Derry. It's a town that is built on trauma. It is a town that's built on heartache and sadness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do agree with that too. And I like the Derry reference because that town just has a history of things and it's mostly run by Pennywise. It's mostly caused by Pennywise. Um, but, but I think that our, our past, you know, despite what's, what's happened in our past, I, I don't think it defines us. And I do believe people can change. And, and previously on this podcast, because of certain negative people that have been on this podcast, um, they were so stuck on the ways of, of people don't change. And I agreed with them. But when I think about it, I, I don't believe that that's accurate. Um, I believe that people can change. Um, You have to be optimistic and and that's part of the change. The negativity that comes from being pessimistic and saying people don't change is exactly what you're going to stay in. You're you're, you're not going to see positivities in people. And so, you know, I I just personally, I have to believe that change can occur because it's it's, it's just stupid to immediately discount that. Our past don't dictate how we're going to live our futures and they don't define us. so for me, it's frustrating when people make up their own narratives without really kind of seeing the whole picture of what's going on about someone. We could look at someone all day long and say, oh, I feel bad for that person or, oh, that person's an asshole or, oh, that person's acting like this without knowing what's going on with them. Um, 
Exactly. You don't know him at the end of the day. Josh. I said Corey. I wrote Josh in one of these and I didn't mean Josh. Exemplified best in Corey. Um, I was I was gonna say I was like, Josh, yeah, I remember that character, I, my Josh. Mistake. But uh Corey, you know, exemplified in him, he has this past mistake, and it, it really was a mistake, and we as an omnipresent viewer can see that. But the parents, you know, they blame him for and killing the, the kid. And the whole town does too, because it's the narrative that they want to believe. Um, many, many times that's what we hear and what we see. Uh, and I, 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 I challenge people to maybe take a step back before we jump on things right away. We have to be really careful with our bias and we have to make sure that we're not looking at a person's situation and immediately being like, all right, well, they're guilty of this. We should probably try to look, look at the whole and, and take a step back and say, pause for a second. Let me see how this plays out. And then I'll be able to make the, the assumption on somebody or I'll be able to judge somebody. But I don't think our past defines who we are as people. Um, honestly, Corey should have just gotten the fuck out of Haddonfield. Like he, he, he had no reason to stay there. I would have peaced out immediately. Once you, once you got out of jail, People are never going to forgive you. They're never going to forget, no matter, even if you had cameras to prove that it was an accident, yeah. they're never going to forgive you. So just peace out like he wanted to do and just leave. Yeah. And I mean, even Lori dealing with her trauma, she, she, she was finding the outlet of writing the book and that was her way to cope with the trauma. I've known, I've known of people who've tried to write something in a way to, to deal with what they've, you know, their loss or their grief. No, because I was going to say, because they can write and they can definitely get their words out on paper, whereas they might not be able to, you know, get them out uh, yeah. verbally. Yeah, exactly. And so that's that's something that, you know, she's going through that grief and that trauma and she doesn't want it to fall on to to um, uh, Allison because she's also dealing with trauma, but in a different way as well. Um, and I like it, but I think movies like Nope dealt with trauma in a way better way. And there, we've seen it done yeah. so many other ways. And it just kind of got shoehorned in for this. Um, I understand like when Lori was leaving the grocery store and the lady was like, oh, you shopping or whatever? And was mad at her like you you antagonized him and stuff. And that that pisses me off because I understand you're in pain and you're upset that your mother's you know throat was cut and she can't speak and stuff. But like. It's not like Lori invited all of this and it's not like she didn't go through shit. So people can piss off. It's it's you're never going to please somebody and it and or everybody, I should say. And it's it's kind of annoying. You, you know what? That's a great example of the, the shopping scene where um, she's walking out and smiling. I, I was actually happy uh, they did nothing with that, uh, you know, that plot point, And then they never touched upon it again. But um I definitely felt that I was like, come on, you know, it's not like what in the original or in the, in the subsequent films from Halloween one, where they sort of referenced that Lori and Michael were uh, siblings. Whereas this one, they just said, no, they're not at all related. So yeah, it's not like Lori, it, it's not mm. her family. And and I will say, I was surprised to see that care. I had, I was like, wait a second. That was the one that I remember that I thought she got mm -hmm. killed. And I was like, oh, she's back. So I remember that that scene where she gets the fluorescent tube through the neck was very uh, uncomfortable for me here in the, you know, the aspirating gurgling as she got the tube slowly inserted into the neck. Yeah, I didn't like that part either. I thought that was really gross. Um, it was it was quite a way yeah. to go. Uh, and then also at the end, I don't I mean, so you, you saw it. So she was um, the gal, you know, that was in the wheelchair. She was getting pushed along. Um 
She was in the procession. Yeah, so was Julian, the kid from the first one. Yeah, um, I liked him. Yeah, I, he was funny. I, I very much liked him. He he was a great grounded character, especially going back to rewatch it. I feel like this is just a a, a, a praising of 2018, but I liked it, and it was cool to see mm-hmm. him again. Yeah, Vicky was his babysitter, um, but he uh, <sighs> it, it was it was cool to see him. But again, it was just very quick. And I mean, maybe they're saying, hey, it's closure for them. And I get that. That's fine. But eh, I don't know. It could have been done different. Yeah. I, again, you take out that scene. It doesn't affect the overall mm-hmm. movie at all. Well, this movie, in my opinion, it's it's OK. Here's the here, here's the big thing. This movie's full of mistakes. Um, a ton of them. They just didn't make sense, in my opinion. What moments for you did you not like or need clarification? But then on the opposite, I do want to focus on some things because it wasn't all bad. On the opposite, what moments would you like to praise for this movie? So, yeah, I'll I'll start with the good. I'll start with the good before the bad. Um, I definitely, uh, oh, man, uh, I thought the kills were very good once they actually started coming. Um, I thought they were, they they seemed pretty practical, uh, I think with the exception of uh, uh, the DJ Slamming that was on the so record. stupid. Yeah, and his like tongue's all crazy. That, that was <laughs> his tongue's all crazy, and then he's still alive, and he's looking at while he cuts the tongue, and then the record's skipping. I was like, okay. Um, I thought the kills were really mm-hmm. good. Um, I thought you know, it was just there. There were some shots um, that I liked very much. So uh, I liked just a different take. Like like we had said before. They tried something different. Yeah, it didn't really pan out, but at mm-hmm. least you tried. Um, I thought the actor who played Corey uh, was really good. I very much... I, I thought he was... Um, um, I think his name is Roman or something uh, like that. I, his, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I very much liked him. There was that uh, scene with him and Lori in the house. Yeah, yeah Rohan Campbell. Um, Rohan, or, yeah. I, I'm going to say Rohan, Rohan, Rohan in Lord of the Rings. And Rohan Vaanse. Uh, but, you know, the scene of him on the stairs talking to Lori was definitely just powerful. Two people who've had severe trauma. And, you know, it was definitely an intimidating scene where you see just Jamie Lee Curtis rocking back and forth on the chair, hitting the wall while she's mm-hmm. talking to him. Um, it, it was nice. I, I thought it was definitely a good way. Um, what about you? What are the things oh, that man. you liked? So, I've... <laughs> okay. The things I liked, <laughs> I liked the opening. I liked yeah. the fight scene between um, Laurie and Michael. I thought that was really well done. Um, I really like uh, Ali Matichek, or I think that's her name. Uh, she plays Allison Andy Matichek. She, I think she, she I think Andy Matichek. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed her quite a bit. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is always splendid. Michael looked really cool. Um, they, they've done a good job with him. I'll, I'll say even Rob Zombie's Michael looked really good, really gritty. Um, Corey, yeah. yeah, was was pretty awesome. He did a good job of of switching switching gears pretty quickly. Um, there was some good camera work for the most part, but uh, there's a lot I did not like, and so I'm just gonna go over them quick in the interest of time. But th- these are my most yeah, yeah, what the fuck, what happened? This doesn't make any sense. But so does no one acknowledge the people who were murdered? Because like the doctor, the nurse, the cop, they're all brutally murdered and. Lori and Allison just kind of continue living on. Allison even goes back to work and no one mentions like the, the yes! nurse. And I'm like, yes, okay, this is not a huge town. There's got to be someone being like, okay, where's Doug the cop or where's the doctor or where's the hot nurse? 
you know, um, pretty crazy shit. And actually another good thing that I'll praise is they did a fantastic job of hiding Michael in the background for this and also shadow work. Um, so in the scene, if I don't know if you noticed or not, but when the nurse is walking out of the sliding glass door to the pool after she hears the sound of the doctor like crashing and she's like, what is that? She's investigating it. If you look in the background, you can see vaguely, you see, um, uh, I almost called him Josh again, but you see Corey stabbing the doctor and you're like, oh my God, you can see him doing something and he's killing him, but you have no idea like who it actually is, what's really going on. Who it actually yeah, was. And I thought they did a fun job with that. Also, there's a scene when Corey, the, the scene when the, the band geeks are like fighting Corey and they throw him off. Michael's actually in the background. He's hidden in the, in, in the bushes and you can kind of see him very much like a Pennywise sort of take. Yeah, he was, he was definitely always yeah. there in the backgrounds. He was always yep. there. So always I think the Easter eggs for that were really cool. And they did a good job of kind of throwing him in there. Um, the band kids as bullies was really stupid. I I, I don't yep. get that. Also, the fact that these 17 year olds are coming around and bullying a 21 year old. And I understand that he's disheveled. He's scared. He's hurt and stuff. But come on, like that. That was ridiculous. That didn't make any sense. Um, no one decided to move away after the killings. So Lori or Allison or Corey didn't move away after the killings. Dumb. Uh, how is Michael hiding and surviving for all these years? I understand that he's a supernatural person, but what does he eat? He's probably eating rats. We saw in Halloween kills that he actually bleeds and mends to his, his wounds. Uh, there's a very quick blink and you miss it moment when he's in the bathroom. Yeah. With the hydrogen peroxide. If he's hiding and surviving, why is he doing it for four years when all of his motivation is just to kill Lori and she's sitting there ripe waiting? He could just kill her at any moment, but he's waiting for four years. Makes no freaking sense. And I don't... and no one's looking for him and no one thinks to search for the sewers. I mean, but, but yeah, like you, you search high and low. And I mean, uh, uh, there's no way he's going to be where's Waldo for four years. You're going to find him in a certain time, right? Like you're going to see him. So yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, who's that old man walking around in the jumpsuit? Oh, yeah. wait. Huh. You're like, that guy's huge, and he's like bloody, but it's stupid. Um, eh, why, anyway. Why didn't the cops show up during the Corey murder spree? So, like, okay, kills the nurse, kills the doctor. Why weren't they swarming with cops? Why aren't we seeing this kind of stuff? The DJ radio booth, same kind of thing. I, I, I'm not getting that. Uh, why did Lori fake her suicide? It really didn't, Ugh. it didn't draw Corey out. It's not like, you know, he was going to come and kill her anyways. She didn't need to fake a suicide. Um, yeah, that was completely pointless and it was just useless. She could have just waited for him and shot him. It was a cool movie moment, I guess. But I was like, this is weird, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's all I really wrote for right now without tearing it apart too much. But those are the what the fuck moments that I was just like, come on, I need more clarification. Yeah. I don't know if I want the clarification, but they really were all over the place. I'll add a little bit more without, you know, I'm not trying to beat this dead horse. Please do. Uh, like I said, uh, I, you know, I wrote down on my notes, uh, meeting Michael cured Corey's need for glasses, question mark. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no tension whatsoever throughout the entire film. I just, I, it made me miss long tracking shots, just wide shots. Uh, I, I do agree with you. The shadow play and the, the presence of Michael in the background was something that I noted and I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, I hated uh, the, the girl bully when she's under the fence. She has time to make a one liner before she gets stomped to death. Uh, when yeah. she when she's like and he, he says oh you're dead and she's like no you're dead and then the kid i will say when the bully band leader gets the uh, you know the torch mm -hmm. the blowtorch to the mouth and they just show it out of focus i was like oh that's rough mm -hmm. um uh one thing that 
Oh, and it wasn't until you mentioned it from the synopsis. I wrote Corey's dad slash stepfather slash question mark. The uh, the Ronald character. It, you just said it was his uncle in the synopsis. I, it was completely unclear because he's with his mom at home. Mm-hmm. And I liked that character. I really liked it. He, he was very supportive of Corey. You know, he gives him a motorcycle. He says he just wants uh, Corey to be happy. I was like, well, that's a really cool stepfather or father figure that, you know, he knows that this son, kid, nephew now has been through a lot of trauma, but he wants him still to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that metal shredder in the beginning and I knew that it would be some Deus Ex Machina and it would mm-hmm. come back. Uh, and then I thought the kills were good. Um, interesting to see the, the, uh, the black lady back from kills survived the fluorescent bulb. Uh, and then, uh, my last thing was, uh, it was a comment from Reddit. I I take no credit for this, <laughs> but the, the Redditor posted saying that this is the Jurassic world dominion of the Halloween franchise. Uh, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> and I thought it was pretty accurate. So I took no, I can take no credit for that comedy. Uh, yeah. Um, that's all I really have to to say on Halloween Kills. Uh, for question wise, or Halloween ends. See, I can't, I keep conf- uh, confusing the two. I keep movies. I keep mixing them up. Ends and kills, kills ends. Well, because it should have killed the end. It's um yeah, it's uh it, it's an, it's an interesting one for sure. So um, let's do this real quick. Let's jump into your hottest take. I want you to choose one your most controversial take on this movie or on movies of this genre or actors or films of this era or horror movies or whatever you can you can defend your hottest take uh go i think my hottest take is that i wish that the academy would you know uh would give more praise and attention to the genre as a whole oh totally. i mean i'm a big fan i mean bad horror movies they're great they're just a good popcorn flick and that's fine however like sometimes every now and then we get these groundbreaking horror films with phenomenal acting and they're just shoved aside and just cast in the bin of being just you know not worth my time i mean you can you can see it in you know i'll defend this to the death lord of the rings didn't get its praise until return of the king when Mm -hmm. it finally got the academy awards that it deserved for all three you should have they should have been getting those for all of them all the three films the original trilogy Mm -hmm. um my example sort of like with horror that just got ignored was definitely hereditary Yes. Um, yes if you look at tony collette's acting so good. Her her acting is just astounding, in my opinion. And that movie, it, it got its 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 praise, but it didn't get the level of praise where I wish uh, the recognition that it should get. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good horror movies out there. I mean, you also mentioned Midsummer, um, and then I mean, even going back, you've got The Thing. You, you can also give them accolades for different areas. You know, like makeup, set design, um, you know, best adapted play or a screenplay. Mm-hmm. But it's just they get no respect no respect <laughs> no respect at all what about you what do you what's your what's your hottest take well i agree with you 100% i think that horror films uh, they definitely need to be more in the oscar eye uh, lupita nyong'o from us was acted her oh, ass that's off a great and one. she should have won an academy award same thing with tony collette uh, silence of the lamb should have been nominated well it did it won for best picture but that still was more thriller you can call it a horror but that was more yeah it falls more into the thriller you know category Mm -hmm. psycho should have won psycho was one of those movies that was just absolutely groundbreaking something we've never seen before especially in the 60s too i can't praise that movie enough Uh, jaws jaws should have done a ton more as well but it is what it is and it's and, and and it's crap i 
I can't control that. The Academy's dumb. The Oscars are dumb in general. So take that for what it's worth. But yeah. it's uh, oh, I don't know. Um, so I would probably have to say that my hottest take is that Halloween H2O is actually fantastic. I know I said it earlier, but I was trying to tease it a little bit. I really love Halloween H2O. And actually, it is the one thing, though, it is the first movie that got me into horror film. I remember it specifically. I was in seventh grade. I was at a birthday party and uh, Halloween H2O was out on VHS. I hated horror film. I was always scared. And my friends and I started watching it and I was trying to be cool and I tried to watch it with them, but I just couldn't do it. So I kind of like left the room and went and I hung out with my friend's mom and I was just really sad and she was talking to me and she was being so sweet. She's like, you know, when my friends were younger, they uh, they wanted to watch the movie Carrie and I couldn't do it because it was too scary. And I'm like, hell yeah, thank you for relating. But then what I did is I later on, like an hour passed and I said, you know what, I think I just need to do this went into the room and I caught the final like 30 minutes of Halloween H2O where Michael gets its head cut off. And I just, yeah. that was it for me. I, I hit the ground running and I'm like, hell yeah. Um, I loved it. I then at school pretended like I saw the whole thing and I kept telling people about how amazing it was and it just kind of stuck with me. So then from there, that's when I started watching all the horror films. Um, I love horror. It's, it's probably my favorite genre. It is my favorite genre. I don't know. I said probably, but the Halloween H2O's will always hold a special place in my heart. And I really enjoyed the hell out of it. I need to rewatch it again because it's been a few years, but I think Halloween H2O is actually a very good movie. That is my hot take. I like that hot take because I feel like that one is probably the best of diverting from how the, you know, the branching of the Halloween timeline. Mm -hmm. uh, Resurrection is bad. not so much. <laughs> not so much. Is that the, that's the one with Busta Rhymes? Yeah, trick or treat, motherfucker. Trick or treat, motherfucker. Trick or treat, motherfucker. Uh, with his with his kung fu. Pretty bad, I tell you. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good. I like that. That's a good hot take. Yeah, absolutely. So, do you have any final thoughts? And what is your letter grade for Halloween ends? Ugh. As for final thoughts, I'm I'm glad it's over. I wish uh, ends and kills hadn't have happened. Like I'd said, I either do a reverse trilogy or just have it end at Halloween 2018, uh, and then you could have left it open. You could have left it open where you know maybe Michael does die. Yeah. Maybe Michael continues on, or you can. Maybe then fast forward another couple, you know, 20 years and we can see more of Allison's character. That would be an interesting take. Yeah, I'd be down um, for that. That's that's I mean, if you want to go the route with Corey, then, yeah, you're absolutely right. Flash forward like 20 years, like in House of the Dragon. So, <laughs> yeah, there was a part of me where I was like, did Allison know that Corey was killing? Because mm -hmm. it, it kind of had this Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Uh, vibe from it. Uh, and then as for letter grade, I'm, I'm going to have to give it, I'm going to be generous and give it a C minus. I, I, I see what it was trying. I, I respect for what it was trying to do. But when you pitch it as this Halloween ends of Lori versus Michael at the final battle, mm -hmm. uh, and then she's just sold all her stuff. She's, it almost felt like she moved out to the burbs. She forgot all the gun training and all that. And she's just soft. Yeah. But then she keeps the one revolver in the safe. Oof. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, what, what, what about you? What did you feel? Uh, yeah. I, so this is a this is a, a D for me. I 
I didn't like this movie. Um, there were moments that were okay, but I just kept, I was, you know, at certain moments I was like, stupid. It, it just, it didn't do anything for me. I, I, I don't need to go see it again. It was middle of the road for me. Um, but a D is, is what I would say. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm glad I watched it, but pass evil died evil evil died, finally. finally died and if i swear to god if they make a sequel i'm gonna see it because i'm a halloween fan but i'm not gonna be happy i'll have my arms crossed the entire time I'll, I'll be that i'll be that grumpy man who yells at clouds because they did show you know him getting ground up by the metal grinder uh which i thought that was pretty uneasy to watch uh but yeah yeah evil dies. I, I i don't evil dies tonight i don't need to see it again uh, it'll be a movie that if you catch part of it on, maybe I'll watch a little bit of it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to seek this film out. I did already seek out. I've already seen 2018 a couple more times nice, and just watched it and appreciated it for what it is. It's a good one. It's definitely a good one. Uh, do you have any movies, uh, maybe like one or two that you're excited for or something we should be watching now? Uh, my, like I was talking with you about earlier, my brother's been praising, um, barbarian. So I can't mm-hmm. wait to try to catch that one. Um, with it being Spooktober, I'm probably going to go back and just watch all of, you know, your Fridays, your Freddies. Um, the Descent one yeah. is another film that I can always appreciate when it's pitch black outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this, it's just when it's Halloween, when it's when it's October, baby. Yeah, the uh, the Descent is excellent. I really enjoy that movie a lot. It's like that movie scared the crap out of me in theaters. Yeah, me too. It's like Alien, but uh, in a cave. Oh, and then the psych out ending. No, or no, no. The psych out ending was only on the DVD, right? Um, I don't remember actually, but I know the psych out ending. So that she, yeah. yeah, she gets out, but then she's back in the cave because that sets up for Descent Two. Yeah, and the Descent Two was was not very good. So this was not so good. Cool. Well, John, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a blast. Thank you for I, having I like me. having this venting session about this movie, like we've done with Scream Five, and like we did with the stupid Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. And oh yeah. my god! So, um, where can we find you on the social medias if you have them? If you want to share them, if not, totally fine. I'm just on the regular social media for Instagram, just at john.edmonds, but it's just me posting random photos. I don't have a podcast or anything to pitch. Uh, I'm just happy to be here and honored to be here. Yeah. And you and your lovely wife, Kate, have a new member of the family. So congratulations. Thank you. We just welcomed him in on. We were actually hoping that he would be born in October. So we got him on October 1st. uh, Little Garrett. Oh, very cute. And he's already a Formula One fan. He's already a Formula One fan. He's a Spooktober baby. Oh, there you go. Who's his driver? Uh, you know, he's going to have to go with Checo. Ooh, he's a Checo guy. I take him more of a Yuki Sonoda guy myself. So. Oh, yeah, I mean, they are probably I don't want I wonder who's taller. <laughs> That's kind of why I was going for that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, yeah, thank you so much. I'll have you back on the show anytime you want. It's uh it's always good chatting film with you, my friend. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Very happy to be here. Hell yeah. And everyone else, thank you so much for listening to the Don't Be Crazy podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DBCrazyPod, at ZachDale60. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's it. I don't have any more. But uh, you can share your thoughts, you can give us film suggestions, and you can tell us if we are crazy. Uh, Oh, also, I like memes. Memes are funny. Make sure you subscribe to my show on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review if you like it. Additionally, we're also available on every other major podcast app. 
Thank you for listening. And until next time, don't be crazy.